a few weeks ago, I preached a sermon called God's Greatest Hits. I don't know if y'all were here for that, but uh, we talked a little bit about our favorite songs, our favorite movies, our favorite foods, kind of our greatest hits in our lives. And, um, and then the weeks that followed, my brother John Weaver kind of built on that a little bit. He talked about some of his favorite foods and favorite movies and favorite songs. And it was all kind of a, a lead in to a conversation about uh, what we called God's greatest hits uh, from scripture. Uh, there are some places where um, it talks about things like the greatest commandment, right? Love God and love your neighbor. The great commission, go and make disciples of all the nations. The greatest uh, community, uh, they uh, devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to prayer. They're all kind of God's, uh, God's favorite things in some ways, right? Uh, God's greatest hits. And so uh, as I was preparing for my message today, I realized that there was uh, one of the greatest that I had left off that list. And I wanted to talk about it today. And ironically, it made me think of one of my favorite songs uh, ever. Probably, uh, it, it would probably make my greatest hits playlist. Uh, now, we'll have to go back a little ways here. How many of y'all remember there was a song that was number one on the Billboard charts in 1986? And uh, it was arguably one of the greatest performers, in my opinion, one of the greatest voices of all time. Her performance at the, of the national anthem at the Super Bowl in 1991 was one of the most moving renditions of that beautiful patriotic song that I've ever heard before or since. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, the performer's name is, was Whitney Houston, and the name of the song was The Greatest Love of All. How many of y'all remember that song? Do you remember the chorus? I'm not going to sing it for you, but it, it goes a little something like this. Learning to love yourself. Sorry, I just had to do it. That is the greatest love of all. I can't do it like Whitney does, but that's a, those are beautiful words, aren't they? Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's such a beautiful song. It's got such beautiful lyrics. Uh, Whitney Houston was such a beautiful person. Uh, but if you know her story, you know that it ended tragically in 2012. And so uh, even though it's still one of my favorite songs, when I hear the words to that song now, they kind of have a different feel to me. They seem a little more sad and, and somber, uh, especially these lyrics in, in verse two. I want you to read them. I want to read them for you. And I want you to think about that as part of this uh, idea of the greatest love of all. Listen to what she says. She says, everybody's searching for a hero. People need someone to look up to. Then she says, I never found anyone to fulfill my need, a lonely place to be, and so I learned to depend on me. I wonder if that's why Whitney says the greatest love of all is, is learning to love yourself. I, I wonder sometimes if, if Whitney ever really learned to love herself, but I also uh, wonder even beyond that if, if she learned what the, the true greatest love of all really is. And, and I use that today to kind of lead us into this uh, conversation that we're going to have uh, about uh, this, this scripture passage. Today's scripture lesson, it, it paints a much different picture for us of what the greatest love of all is, uh, more than simply learning to love yourself. Now, now, first of all, don't get me wrong, learning to love yourself is, is, is a good thing. Uh, loving ourselves as God's beautiful creation, as God's masterpiece of sacred worth created in the image of God for a unique purpose, it's, that is most certainly the, the cent, uh, a central message of scripture. And, and we're actually gonna spend the next 
a few weeks talking about that truth in great detail. Next week, we're starting a new series, and it's called Uniquely, because we're going to be talking about how each one of us have been uniquely created, called, and commissioned by God for, for relationships and for belonging and for meaning and purpose in life. But today, our scripture lesson, in our scripture lesson, Jesus himself declares the greatest love of all is not just about learning to love yourself. It's, it's instead about learning to lay yourself down in selfless, sacrificial, service-oriented love for others. You know that famous passage in John's gospel, John chapter 15, verse 13, Jesus says, the greatest love of all, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And so, so today I want us to, to focus beyond ourselves to what Jesus is teaching us about the greatest love of all. I think it's fitting that, that today is the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend uh, because it's, it's the day that we take time to honor our fallen heroes, those who have laid down their lives for their country, for their friends and family, even for strangers. I agree with Whitney, everybody's searching for a hero. We, as people, need someone to look up to. And if you think about it, the people that we look up to the most, the ones that we call heroes, are the ones who love beyond themselves with the kind of love that's selfless and sacrificial and service-oriented. And so today, we honor those who served, who with selfless commitment and courage sacrificed their lives for others. And I've invited my brother, Scott Pollard, who's a retired sergeant major from the Army. He's going to come and lead us in a presentation called the Fallen Soldier Table or the Missing Man Table. And, and we're going to be reminded of those who sacrificed for us, who, who've given selflessly and served unconditionally. So, Scott. Good morning. The missing man table, known as the fallen comrade table, is a semi-official place of honor. In memory of the falling, the missing in action, members. Today we use this table to represent our fallen day. On this day we remember, but on each and every On this table, you the table with purity of their response for their call to arms. The empty chair, representing no specific soldier. It was round to show our concern for them. The Bible presents our faith in our Lord and Savior and a pledge to our country, which was founded as one nation under God. The black napkin stands emptiness left in the hearts of these warriors. The single red rose signifies the blood they may have shed in sacrifice to ensure the freedoms of our beloved United States of America. This rose
missing and yet accounted for. The slices of lemon on the plate remind us of the bitter fate of those that have passed, missing, captured, or held prisoner in foreign lands. The salt upon the plate represents the tears of the families and friends of the loved ones. The wine glass turned upside down reminds us of our comrades be here with us to drink a toast joining the festivities today. So whether you're personally affected or you know someone that has been affected, we should all be grateful for the freedoms they have fought for and given us. So go out today, enjoy it, celebrate it, whether it's on the lake or grilling or just with family and friends. But take a minute to honor these men and women for the freedoms they have given us. Yeah. Thank you so much, Scott. Uh, let, let's offer a prayer right now. Will y'all pray with me? Uh, God, we do thank you today for, uh, for the gifts uh, that we have, Lord, and the freedoms that we enjoy. Um, and we thank you for the men and women who have sacrificed for us to uh, be able to have those. Lord, we, uh, we lift up uh, friends and family members today who are grieving and who continue to grieve the loss of loved ones and those close to them. And uh, Lord, I pray that they might know your presence and comfort and care in a, in a special way uh, today. God, I pray that we might uh, just be reminders of your love and care to them and to all those around us, Lord, so that we might be good stewards of this gift that we've been given and so that we might uh, not only honor them, but honor you uh, with how we live the lives that we've been given. Lord, we love you. And we thank you and we lift all this up to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I want to take us back now to our scripture lesson uh, from John's gospel. And I want us to, I want you to hear the, the verses around that verse that I read earlier to hear kind of the context. And I think will give us even deeper meaning for what, uh, for what this passage is teaching us about the greatest love of all. Listen to this God's word for us today. John 15, 9. Through 17. This is Jesus speaking. He says, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and I remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. I, I hope you picked up on it, but I wanna just kind of lift up what I think is, is, is this beautiful progression in this passage, this movement that's taking place as Jesus talks about these relationships in this passage. Uh, first, he talks about how as the Father 
has loved him, he loves the disciples. As the Father has loved me, Jesus says, so have I loved you. So, and then from there, Jesus says, now, as I have loved you, love one another. As I have loved you. and, And the way that Jesus has done that, he says, I'm laying down my life for you, my friends. You are my friends. I lay down my life for you if you do what I command. And what was Jesus's command? The command was to love one another, to love like Jesus loved, to be willing to love in such a way that we would lay down our lives for one another. All of this is happening within this relationship Uh, between the father and the son. And then Jesus rounds this out at the end of chapter 15 by giving these powerful words about the third person of the Trinity, the, the Holy Spirit. In verse 26 and 27, he says, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. There's this Greek, the Greek word is paraclete. It means comforter, encourager, counselor. That he will come to you from the father and he will testify about me, the son, and you will also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning. As I mentioned earlier, today is the day that we honor Memorial Day weekend on our calendars, but it's also on the Christian calendar. It's it's Trinity Sunday. This morning, someone greeted me by saying, uh, Happy Trinity Sunday. And I was so impressed and I thought that was so cool that they knew it was Trinity Sunday. But uh, so today's also Trinity Sunday. This is the day that we celebrate who God is as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God with us and God for us and God working in and through us. The Trinity is kind of one of those divine mysteries that we don't fully understand, but we, but we, we seek to live into and kind of live out in our faith as best we know how. As I was thinking about it today, the Trinity is, is kind of like the idea of love. We don't fully understand it. We just, we just know it, right? We know it to be true and we, we, we seek to live into it. In fact, there was a, a bishop in the third century named St. Augustine who, who described God in this way, the lover, the beloved, and the love itself. I love that. Uh, author Tim Keller puts it like this. He says, the life of the Trinity is characterized not by self-centeredness, but by mutually self-giving love. Think about that progression again. The Father points to the Son, the Son points to the Father, the Son points to the Spirit, who points to the Son and the Father. And Jesus is inviting us into this life of mutually self-giving love with God and with one another. So, so that's the simple, powerful truth of what I think this passage and this message this morning. Uh, it's, it's simply this, the greatest love of all is the love of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's why I love uh, to end the service each week with that blessing from Scripture. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit go with you now and always. It's about the selfless, sacrificial, servant-oriented love of God given to us for us to share with others. And when we love one another the way that Christ loved us, when we love others with the selfless love of God, with the sacrificial love of Christ, with the servant-oriented love of the Holy Spirit, the greatest love of all is manifested in and through us. Amen? Let me give you a a much smaller but but an everyday example of, of what this looks like. 
How many of you all have been to a graduation party recently or maybe like an end of the year party or something like that? They're a little bit different maybe this year, but, but we all know what those parties are like, right? We've all been to those celebrations and uh, I was thinking about those this week. You know what the two best things about those kind of events are? The food and the conversations, amen? You know what else could potentially be the worst things about things like that? The food and the conversations, right? I mean, sometimes you get stuck with a potluck dish that you just, it wasn't quite what you were expecting it to be, right? Uh, and, and sometimes you get stuck with a person where the conversation wasn't exactly what you expected it to be, right? How many of y'all have ever been in that situation where you get stuck talking to a person that, that all they wanna do is talk about themselves, right? How, how draining is that? Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that might be you. So just think about that next time you go to a graduation party or a end of the year party or something like that, okay? Um, I was thinking about it this week and, and you know, in my 20 plus years of ministry, I've, I've attended my fair share of potlucks and, and graduation parties. I, I don't think I can even count the number of chicken nuggets and sausage balls and cupcakes and cookies that I've consumed over the past two decades. And as wonderful as those snacks are, thank you, by the way, if you've provided those uh, for me. Uh, as great as those are, uh, the, my, my favorite thing about those kind of events are still the conversations. And, and I wanted to share with you, there was one particular conversation I had a few, uh, few years ago uh, that, that had this profound effect on me. I was talking to this couple who were members of, of the church I was serving, and they were telling me all about uh, their recent accomplishments. And, but they weren't talking about their own accomplishments. They were, they were talking about the other person's accomplishments. Uh, the, the husband was telling me all about how the wife had received the, the teacher of the year award at her school. And, and the, the first thing out of the wife's mouth was that her award would fit nicely right next to all the awards that her husband had received over the years. And so they were just going back and forth, but they were talking about the other. It was this mutual blessing kind of conversation. And I was congratulating them on all these great accomplishments. And, and then the conversation turned to me. They, they brought up a, a recent accomplishment that I had that they knew about. And they were congratulating me on that and so forth and so on it went. And this, I just found myself being uh, encouraged and invigorated and refreshed and renewed by, by this conversation where there was this, this mutual support and encouragement. Uh, it was life-giving, this uh, interaction with this sweet, selfless couple. And I, I share that with you today because here's how I think that ties into our scripture passage this morning. I believe that that couple uh, was able to do that. Their actions were grounded in this relationship with one another where love was at the center. Does that make sense? They, they knew that they were so loved by the other that they were free to share the love that they had received with those around them. They were, they were free to be selfless and sacrificial and service-oriented because of the selfless, sacrificial service of their beloved. Friends, that's, that's not only the freedom that we celebrate today, that's the freedom we celebrate every day as Christians. That's the freedom that we have in a relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If we truly believe that God is with us, and God is for us, and God is working in and through our lives, that God is loving us and caring for us and serving us, then we too are free to love and care and serve others in the name of that love. If we truly believe that, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and that proves God's love for us, then we know that and we can live into that in our relationships with one another. 
It's why I think Paul said this to the church in Philippians. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each to the interests of the others. And then he sums it all up with that one powerful sentence, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Friends, I'm convinced that the selfless, sacrificial, service-oriented love and life of Jesus Christ from God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit is the greatest love of all. And so today on this Memorial Day weekend, which, which happens to also be Trinity Sunday, I want, us, I want to invite us to do what, what the video reminded us, to honor and cherish and handle with care this gift that's been given to us by the selfless, sacrificial service of others. Let's focus beyond ourselves and let's give thanks to those heroes who've laid down their lives for us. And let us never forget to give thanks to the greatest hero of our faith, the one, or rather the three in one, who loved us so much that that not only laid down his life for us so that we might have eternal life, he also invites us into his life so that we might have life abundant and eternal here, now, and forever. A life of selfless, sacrificial, service-oriented love for others and for God as we lay down our lives. Now, there are many of us that may not be called to literally lay down our lives on a battlefield. But I do believe that there are battles that are being fought every day at work and at school and at church and on the sports field and even at home. And, and the irony of, of those everyday battles is that we find victory through surrender. We, we find victory through laying our lives down and finding true life in return. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. It's like we talked about last week with the humility of Christ. If we're willing to lay down our own pride and prejudice, our own power and possessions, our own personal preferences, if we're willing to learn to love others the way that Christ loves us, then that, my friends, is how we experience true life. It's how we express life together in Christ as the church. It's how we extend to everyone around us the greatest love of all. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for your great love for us, the love that you have had for us since the beginning of creation, the love that you had for us before we were even formed, before we were even born, before we even knew how to love you back. You have loved us with an everlasting love. 
even though we have fallen short and fallen away, God, you made a way for us. You loved us so much that you sent your one and only son so, so that through him we might have life everlasting. We thank you, God, that you loved us so much that, that Christ came and died for us and, and rose again and sent to us the advocate, the paraclete, the, the encourager, the counselor, the comforter, to live within us and work through us to share that love with others. God, help us to receive it and respond to it today so that our lives might reflect your life, so that our love might reflect your love, so that all might know the good news of your grace. Lord, again, we thank you for those who have been an example of that love to us, who have lived selflessly and sacrificially and served and paid the ultimate sacrifice. Lord, help us to live today lives of gratefulness and thanksgiving for the life and the freedom that's ours. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we sing our closing song, the band's going to sing for us. And if you would stand and if God is placing something on your heart, I just invite you to respond to that today. If you have any questions about our relationship with Christ or relationship with this church, please let me know and, and let us know how we can help you take that next step of faith. But would you stand?